When you were a kid, did you ever think about being an entrepreneur? Now, for the women listening, what about you? Did you ever remember seeing examples of women leading in the workplace or starting and running large companies? My guest today realized that there was a market for reaching and teaching and inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs, young girls. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Brian Weisfeld. Brian has helped build a number of well-known billion-dollar companies, including, I don't know, a little company called IMAX Corporation and Coupons.com. He is also the founder and chief squad officer of The Startup Squad, an initiative dedicated to helping girls reach their potential and follow their dreams, whatever their passion is. Brian lives in Silicon Valley with his wife and two daughters, and you can find out more information about him at brianweisfeld.com and thestartupsquad.com. Brian and I had such a fun conversation, and honestly, whether or not you're a parent or an entrepreneur or both, you are going to learn something today. But before I get to my conversation with Brian, I just wanted to thank a few partners of the show, and the first is GoX. From boutiques to corporate events to family reunions, GoX can design and print a tee for any use or occasion. Their experienced graphic design team can work with your art or create a custom design for any inspiration. Whether you need 24 tees or 24,000 tees, GoX is here to provide you with retail quality, fair trade garments with the highest quality screen printed graphics. Love their social mission, but have your own screen printer or even print yourself? No problem. You can purchase their blank, sustainable, eco-friendly tees at wholesale prices in bulk. Visit goexapparel.com forward slash wholesale to get started. That's goexapparel, G-O-E-X apparel.com forward slash wholesale. This episode is also in partnership with the Lemonade Boutique, a women's clothing with a cause store featuring ethically made and fair trade items from over 10 countries. Every item is made by women facing extreme challenges such as trafficking, poverty, and more. Your purchase empowers women to take life's lemons and make lemonade. Shop at thelemonadeboutique.com and listeners of the Business with Purpose podcast can save 15% by using code PURPOSE15 at checkout. Okay, without further ado, on to my conversation with Brian. Brian, thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you? I'm good, as good as can be expected, given all the <laughs> craziness in the world. There is a lot of craziness in the world this year. 2020 has truly turned out to be, uh, I always laugh at, you know, like um, at the end of, you know, the previous year, like the end of 2019, everybody's like, all right, 2020, let's do this. <laughs> and, then, and then we're all like, all right, has anybody tried like turning 2020 off and turning it back on? Like what happened? <laughs> there, I've been noticing a lot of memes about what 2020 was supposed to be and what 2020 is. And the best one I saw was of Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, it was just like a, the 2020 was supposed to be, and it was just like this glamorous picture of Gwyneth <laughs> at you know one of the balls or the yeah. med or something like that. And then what 2020 actually is, is the scene from the movie Seven where her head is just in the box. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought that was about accurate. Pretty accurate. That's pretty yeah. accurate. Um, well, fantastic. Well, I am just, I am really excited to have a conversation with you because I'm always just really interested in people who have kind of been in the entrepreneurship, the business world, the kind of corporate world, Fortune 500 world, these large companies, and then sort of pivot when they realize that there's something that they have a, a, a passion for. And so I just, I love hearing those kinds of stories. So I would love for you to give us the Brian 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you kind of got to where you are today. Yeah, this is a pretty big pivot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am the founder and co-author of The Startup Squad, uh, which is a program to inspire girls to start their first businesses, their first lemonade stand, their first bake sale, and just to start to think like an entrepreneur with the idea being that um, girls with an entrepreneurial mindset will be more successful in life regardless of the path they choose. And it's certainly not what I expected I would be doing. Going back, I grew up on Long Island. Um, I spent four years in Ann Arbor, Michigan at doing undergrad. And then I lived and worked in New York City for most of my life. And I uh, essentially spent my career helping entrepreneurs and founders build and scale their businesses. So in the early 1990s, I was part of a three-person team that bought IMAX, the giant screen movie theater company, yeah. when it was just museum and science center-based theater showing educational films. Mm -hmm. um, but the guys I worked for realized that people walked out of those theaters and were blown away by the experience. So they said, so why does it have to be just a fish film in a museum? Why can't it be Spider-Man at a local multiplex? Mm -hmm. And so that was the vision, and that's the reality of the company today. And then I moved from New York to Silicon Valley about 12, oh my goodness, 13 years ago now to um, be the chief operating officer of coupons.com, uh, one of the leading providers of coupons on the internet and mobile phones. And I helped to grow and scale that business. And I was just looking for the next company to, to grow and scale, find another founder to, uh, to partner with. But I've got two daughters. My girls are now 14 and 12. But at the time, my older daughter was eight. And I watched her try to sell Girl Scout cookies and run a charity bake sale with a lot more <laughs> enthusiasm than idea about how to actually market and sell a product. Like she didn't know you're supposed to say good morning to people to get their attention and you're supposed to look people in the eye and that she can tell people that money's going to charity because then if, even if they don't want to buy a brownie, they maybe they'll still give you a few bucks. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of months later, I was on a Sunday morning, I was reading books with my girls and I just got tired of some of the lowest common denominator marketing to girls. I just wanted there to be more empowering books for girls that were lifting them up instead of talking down to them. And for some reason, I have no idea why, but at that moment, laying in bed with my daughters, those two experiences combined in my brain, I said, I'm going to create this novel series to get girls interested in entrepreneurship. And so that was the vision. And the, the challenge was that I'm a business guy. I'm not a writer. So um, I had to spend four years learning how to write. Uh, one of the first things I did, and I tell this story often, is I went out and I bought writing children's books for dummies. <laughs> And that was truly one of the first things I did. And I spent four years of reading books about writing and taking writing classes and hiring freelance editors to help me um, until finally I was able to uh, sign a three-book deal with Macmillan. And the first two books in the Startup Squad series have been released. And uh, the third one we just announced is coming out in May of uh, 2021. I love that you bought <laughs> writing children's books for dummies. And yeah. the fact that you are somebody who helped to build billion dollar companies like IMAX and coupons.com and you're buying 
books that are called writing children's books for dummies. That is amazing. And that is, if that's not a lesson in like humility, I don't know what it is. So it's funny because I, 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 you know, I do a lot of speaking to schools, kids mm-hmm. and schools and libraries and, and summer camps and those sorts of things. And when I tell them the story, as soon as I say children's books for dummies, they all start laughing. And what I explain <laughs> to them is while it's a great book and truly of the 20 books I've read about writing for kids, it was probably the best one that I've read. It also mentally helped me put myself in a place where this was going to be different from anything I've ever done before. Mm. This was going to be harder. I was going to fail. I was taking a lot of risk. And even though I knew how to build a company, when it came to writing books, I was a total dummy. And so I had to get comfortable with failing more than I had in a long time and at a very steep learning curve. And so it was, it was great for a lot of reasons. And I, <laughs> I still have it somewhere sitting in my, uh, in my desk. I love that story so much. Now, I obviously, I want to talk about the books. I want to talk about the the story behind it. But I, I want to go back just a little bit because I think um, I'm just always interested in sort of the origin stories of people and how they kind of got into you know, different career fields and things like that. I mean, that's why I started a podcast because I'm really curious about that, that sort of thing. So, you know, as a kid, did you always have an entrepreneurial mindset? And what were sort of some of the, the things along the way that even led you to be able to be in a position where you really helped to, you know, build IMAX to what it is now? Yeah, I've always, uh, as a kid, I was always interested in, in business and how things worked. Uh, in sixth grade, I bought about 100 pounds of gummy bears and I hired my friends to sell them in school. <laughs> I love it. Um, you hired your friends to do it. That's awesome. I, I did. And where I came up, where I was able to access 100 pounds of gummy bears in the 1980s or 70s, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, let's see, I, uh, there was a, a, two kids across the street that I used to babysit for. And I turned that into a steady four days a week babysitting gig where the kids would come home from school and I would, uh, you know, I would hang out with them. I worked, I was into sports. And so I worked at a baseball card store, sorting baseball cards. I love to ski. So I got a job working at a ski shop. I was a ski salesman. So as a kid, I was always working and I was always interested in, and the origin story is funny because similarly, I had the same thing. Um, so Forbes magazine does the Forbes 500 every year and it's mm-hmm. the wealthiest people in the world. And I always read it, not because I was aspired to be you know, this incredibly wealthy person, but what it always did was for each person, it gave a paragraph about how they started their business and what their business was. Mm. And that fascinated me to hear the stories of people who started businesses from nothing or women who were married to a successful business guy and then he passed away and they, she took over the business and, and grew it 10 times to what he ever did. Uh, those stories always fascinated me. And so that was, um, as a kid, that I was always interested in learning. And so I, I went to undergrad and I got a business degree and it was interesting because in college, I was planning on going to law school. It was, sort of, it was like what everyone did. It was almost like 16, uh, yeah, 17th grade at that point. Like you graduated <laughs> from college, went to law school. Um, but I realized that I didn't know what lawyers did. I didn't know what anyone did for a living, right? You're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an accountant, you're an mm-hmm. uh, investment banker. You go to the office, you sit down at your desk, and then what? Mm-hmm. Like I just had no idea. And so I realized while a law school education would have been a great education and a great training for how to think, it wasn't going to help me figure that out. And so I actually took a job right out of college at an investment banking firm, which allowed me to work with lawyers and accountants and uh, management teams of companies and help to f- 
finance and raise money for those companies and also gave me insights into a lot of different professions and what makes these companies tick. And I realized that like building a company was something that is what I wanted to do. And um, that led me to, uh, to the IMAX team. That is so cool. That is so cool. Now, obviously going from, you know, kind of running and building these companies like IMAX and coupons.com to becoming a children's book author uh, is, is definitely um, a pretty big pivot and kind of like you said. And, but I, I love how you got the idea through watching your daughters kind of struggle in their childhood entrepreneurship. I mean, I was a Girl Scout back in the day, but you know, I, I really relate to this in that, um, so I have two kids. My daughter is, uh, well, she just turned seven. And she is, she is the, this creative at heart, but also I can see this little entrepreneurial bone in her body. For example, every time we go to my in-laws house, they have one of those little kind of Melissa and Doug kid craft, uh, little, you know, play work stands. And yeah. she will turn this thing into every store known to man. And it's, you know, Lily's big shop or whatever. She creates something new each time. And she always wants customers to come to her shop. And, but it was just so funny how, uh, we were, we were at my in-laws house and, and my daughter's playing and we go up and we ask her how much the, the product was. And she says, Oh, well, it's free. And I was like, well, how are you making money? And she goes, mom, I don't care about money. I care about people. And so like, <laughs> she always talks about how, when she's going to start a business someday, like she's not going to charge anything because she cares about people, not about money. And I'm like, well, honey, like you can care about people while also earning an income. Like you're not going to be able to stay in business. But anyway, it just, it makes my husband and I laugh so much. And um, so we've, we've really thought about like, what are the things that we can be doing as parents to sort of continue to cultivate that interest, but then also explain to her, like you can care about people while also making money and all those sorts of things. And then we discover your book series. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Cause this is exactly the kind of tool that we would love to be able to, you know, use to engage with our, our, our daughter. I mean, and I think our son too, but I mean, he's, sure. he's four. So, I mean, his whole idea of like a store right now is like, can he have some sort of sugary treat? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so, yeah, so the, you know, the, the startup squad really is about kind of empowering girls and giving them the tools. And so baked into the story, you have all kinds of definitions of terms on, on the basics of revenue and profit negotiation, customer service, marketing, sales, location, merchandising, so I would love for you to just kind of, for people that are not familiar with this series, kind of talk about how did you really begin to bake those things into story and um, what are some of the things that you, you use to help to educate girls and create this conversation around entrepreneurship? Yeah, sure. This is a, a, so a few different things to touch on there. Um, first of all, when I first had this idea, I knew I wanted to do it as fiction, not nonfiction. It would have been a, a lot easier to do it as nonfiction. But my thinking was, the thinking here is not that every girl should grow up to be an entrepreneur, but that girls that run that first lemonade stand and get comfortable with risk and failure and see opportunities instead of problems, they're going to be more successful in life if they have that skill set and they, whatever, if they're going to become a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever they are, mom, whatever it is, they'll be more successful. And so that was the idea. And so I didn't want to do nonfiction because a girl that's going to pick up a book about a nonfiction book about running a business is already got that bug. And so I specifically wanted to do fiction. But the problem is, 
the one thing is kids can smell a lesson in a story from a mile away. And unlike adults, kids have no problem putting down a book on page 37 as soon as they smell it. Mm -hmm. And so what I describe is that you have to bake the broccoli into the brownies. <laughs> you have to, you know, sort of, it's got to be story first. And so that was what we did is the, the narrative, the way the Startup Squad series works is it's a novel. It's been described as the Babysitter's Club meets Lean In. Love so, it. A la The Babysitter's Club, um, it's about these four sixth grade girls. Uh, in, this, in the first book, their class is going on a field trip to the local amusement park. And to raise money for the field trip, they all get put into teams. And each team has to run a competing lemonade stand. Whichever team raises the most money, they get like VIP tickets. And they get to cut to the front of the line. And so these four girls, they're not friends. They don't even like each other. But they have to figure out how to work together. And so the narrative itself is very light on the business stuff, but much heavier on the school stuff and friend stuff and family stuff and pets and all the things you would expect in a book written for this age group. Mm -hmm. But in the back of the book, we've got two things. We've got a nonfiction section where we refer back to the narrative and we say, hey, remember when the girls were making a big sign for their lemonade stand? That's actually called marketing. And here are some marketing tips that you can use for business. And so in each book, we draw from the narrative and we give lessons as you, on the topics you described about things that kids can use on their own business. And then at the very back of the book, we have an interview with an actual girl entrepreneur. And so what we've done each of the last two summers is we've had a contest to try to find a girl entrepreneur to profile in the back of the book. So on our website at startupsquad.com, we have videos of 65 different girls all between the ages of seven and 14 who run their own businesses. And so then we have a contest with those girls and we pick a girl to profile in the back of the book. And so the idea is the book is part, you know, inspiration, information, and aspiration. The inspiration is the kids read the, the main part of the book, the narrative, and they get inspired to start their own business. That sounds like fun. I want to do that too. And then the information section is the actual business tips that we give so they can do a better job of running their own business. And then the aspiration is to realize that it doesn't have to be a little lemonade stand, just a kid just like me that actually runs a big business. And so that's how each of the books are structured. And then each of the books just has a different storyline and they're running different businesses for different reasons to raise money for a charity, to help a brother's rock band, different things. And to your point about uh, you know, your son too, we describe ourselves as girl targeted, but boy inclusive. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why a boy couldn't read this book. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, you know, there's nothing anti-boy about it other than lead characters are girls. And one of the things that I say is I think it's as important for boys to read about girls as entrepreneurs as it is for girls. And so that's, um, uh, that's a big part. Yes, yes, yes. I completely agree. Um, because, you know, I, yeah, it's not that I don't have aspirations for my son to be, you know, an entrepreneur someday if he wants to. But the reality is, is that there's just not as much, there's not as many examples out there of female entrepreneurs. I mean, there certainly are way more today than there were when I was a kid, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that are just a little bit more geared towards boys and you see, and you see that modeled more. So it's not, something that you see is modeled for young girls as often. One of the, the statistics that always just makes me laugh and cringe and all the things is that there are 
fewer CEOs or women running large companies than there are men named John. <laughs> yeah, yep. and run, James. Yeah. And James that run yeah. large corporations. Yeah. My husband's and, name is John, which is part of like why yeah, we laugh good. at that. Yeah. But the other thing is, oh, you're right. As you said, you know, girls need role models. Mm-hmm. Um, boys need to see it as well, but girls need role models. And it's just so pervasive. Um, and my eyes are wide open to it now. I mean, seeing the world through my daughter's eyes has really mm. changed the way I view things. Uh, Forbes magazine just in back in May did a story called Eight Under 18. And it was about eight kids who were doing cool things in the pandemic, either inventing new things or helping communities or whatever happens to be. So it's called Eight Under 18. They featured eight boys and one of their sisters. And the article was written by the woman who is the co-editor or the associate editor of Forbes Women. And so it's just mind-boggling that this is still going on. And so it just shows the need for girls to have those role models. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I, is mind-boggling. I, yeah, and to go back to your point um, about your daughter not charging yeah. for lemonade, <laughs> but hold on a second, because first of all, she's obviously running a business with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the second thing is one of the tips that we give kids is – one of the best things you can do is if you're running a lemonade stand or bake sale or other business and the, the money is going to charity, don't set a price. Hmm. Just say when someone say, you know, someone says, how much is your lemonade? You say, well, all the proceeds are going to the local food bank. And so we're just asking people to pay what you want. Hmm. And you would be surprised at the number of people that'll drop a $5 bill or a $10 bill for what would have been a dollar cup of lemonade. And so it only really works that well if you're doing it for a, if you're raising money for a special thing. And it could even be, hey, I'm raising money for a Lego set. That's really important to me. My parents won't buy it for me. So I'm raising money to do it. That may still be enough to get people to, to give that extra bit. But sometimes not setting a price will help you raise more money than if you do. Oh, that's a good tip because yeah. my daughter has been begging to now to, to do a lemonade stand. And we live in a cul-de-sac at the back of a neighborhood. So we're like, all right, well, we're going to have to get creative about this as far as a plate, you know, putting it in a place where we've got some, we've got some foot traffic, some, uh, some road traffic, but that's a really great, that's a really great tip. And I think that's really interesting. I want to thank another one of our sponsors of the show. And that is Simple Switch. Actually, Rachel Coyce, the founder of Simple Switch, was on the show back in the spring, so you may remember her. And I wanted her to actually tell you a little bit about what makes Simple Switch so incredibly awesome. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for letting me hop in on this episode really quick. We're an online marketplace for positive impact purchasing. So kind of a similar model to Amazon where you can shop online for things that you actually need. So like toilet paper, all the way up to nice gifts like jewelry or electronics. But every single product has some sort of environmental or social impact. So I'm really passionate about the the change that we can make just with our everyday shopping, as I know you are from all your amazing episodes on this show. And we'd love to offer a discount to your listeners because I know you guys are the exact right people for our marketplace. So if you go on simpleswitch.org, and use the coupon code purchase with purpose, you'll get 20% off your first order. And that can be a cart that includes all your day-to-day needs, gifts, things you need for next year. Um, We can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much, Rachel. Also, did you know that I have an ethical brand directory? 
That's what Chelsea used to start finding products for her boutique almost four years ago. Now, Amas Uma carries over 50 intentionally sourced brands and is the perfect one-stop shop for all of your gift-giving needs. And as a thank you to the Still Being Molly and Business with Purpose podcast community, she is offering 20% off with the code SHOPWITHMOLLY. Head to Shop with Molly for all the details. Now back to my conversation with Brian. Now you said something that just, I really kind of latched onto. And you said that you are now seeing the world through your daughter's eyes and it has really opened your eyes more than ever. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like what are some of the things that maybe you thought before and and think differently now? Yeah. So uh, a couple of things, first of all, through the original inspiration, reading books written for girls, there was just way too much pink princess fairy unicorn stuff. Um, Now, you know, I don't, some of it's great and it helps girls' imaginations and it makes them want to learn how to read and that's great. And my younger daughter gravitates to that stuff, but I just wanted there to be more balance. I wanted Mm. there to be more empowering stuff. And having that, that was exactly the exact moment where I came up with this idea was that Sunday morning when I was laying in bed, my older daughter was on my right side and she was reading from the Who Was series, these biographies for kids that if you're, you haven't discovered for your kids, they're just outstanding. There are hundreds of them. They have Who Was Martin Luther King, Who Was Leonardo da Vinci, Who Was Derek Jeter. I mean, they're, they're, it's a great series. So she was reading Who Was Queen Elizabeth. Hmm. And my younger daughter was in kindergarten at the time, so I was reading to her. And the book she picked was like the 57th book of the Rainbow Fairy series or something like that. <laughs> My daughter's reading right now. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're just so painful to read mm-hmm. as an adult. And, um, you know, as I said, I, I give it a ton of credit because it helps her imagination. It makes her want to learn how to read. But my older daughter was getting the exact same benefit while she was learning about Queen Elizabeth. Mm. And it's not that every book needs to have a lesson or needs to be, you know, empowering or, you know, or something like that. I just wanted there to be more balance. And it was at that moment that it, it just hit me. And then, you know, the next time we were at Target and walking through the pink aisle and it, it just seemed like there was a, and my, we had an experience with my, my older daughter was buying soccer cleats. And um, we, my wife went to the store with her and uh, she looked at these cleats and she picked out a pair of these turquoise cleats. And that's, you know, sort of her favorite colors are the blues and the turquoise and those sorts of things. And the, my wife handed the turquoise cleat to the salesperson and said, hey, do you have them in whatever size my, my daughter was wearing at the time? And he said, yes. And, and we also have them in pink. And my wife said, she's like, I've never been more proud of myself that I didn't punch him in the face. <laughs> like my daughter's standing there and he's telling her that, no, these turquoise cleats are not for you. And so those just those little experiences that I might not have noticed in the past, you know, had before this, I would have said, no, that's okay. She probably likes the turquoise one. But now I'm like, why does a girl have to have pink cleats? Why can't she have the turquoise cleats? Yeah. And so those sorts of things. And as I said, the Forbes article I just saw and just wanting to see more role models um, for my girls uh, and on all girls to know that they can do whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I I notice it too in just the media in general that my kids consume. And I'm always just, I think I have like these 
like high alert, <laughs> you know, sort of goggles on all the time for, you know, when I'm seeing certain, the ways that certain girls are portrayed in certain shows. And, um, and you know, and sometimes people will be like, oh, well, you're overreacting and, uh, you know, and it's just fun or lighthearted. And I think, you know, I mean, to an extent, like maybe there's cases where people might be overreacting some, but at the same time, like when a message overtly or, or subvertly or whatever is just kind of being repeated over and yeah. over again, yep. that just starts to get ingrained. And, yeah. um, and so you just have to do things to counter that narrative and create a space in which you're, you're showing role models in a, in a position of leadership or you're, you know, you're, I, you know, there's actually a new show on Disney junior that it's a cute kitschy show, but I actually really, I'm really admiring the message that this particular show is, is sending out. It's called Mira, the Royal Detective. Um, but it's about a young Indian girl in India and she is a detective for like the, the Royal family there. And so she goes on these little detective missions, but she herself is not a princess, but one, it's a young girl of color Two, It's, it's introducing, uh, you know, in a very Disney way, you know, a different culture, but then you're also seeing her sort of be a leader in that she's helping this, you know, this royal family with these different detective missions. And so it's just a unique portrayal of a young girl. And so I think it's really cute. And um, my kids think it's funny. And so, but it's, it's so different from this, the typical, you yeah. know, narrative. And so I just, I'm always really interested in finding things like that. And, and I definitely got that from my mom. I mean, my mom was, um, she passed away in 2002, but she was a, a Vietnam veteran. And so she, you know, her being a female veteran that served in Vietnam, which there were not many of those, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she was, awesome. she was very hyper aware of that. And so I, I have a lot of that yeah. that's ingrained in me that I got from her. And I want to make sure that I'm continuing that with my own daughter. Yeah. And so two things. So first of all, uh, obviously, you know, thanks to your mom for her service. Um, you know, that's incredible um, that she was, she was able to do that. And obviously, you know, a trailblazer uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, a show like that that you described is not something that Disney would have made 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it just wouldn't have gotten off the drawing board. But now they are, they're doing things like this to give girls the role models. And as you said, it's just subtle messages that get repeated over and over again. And I'll give you a very funny example, which was um, my daughter's, their pediatrician is a woman. Uh, there was another doctor that they went to that was a woman. We've got two friends that are doctors that are women. And so when my daughters were young, you know, maybe even your daughter's age, my uh, wife somehow referred to a male doctor in a conversation. And my daughters basically were like, oh, silly mommy can men be doctors too? <laughs> and it was so awesome. But that shows you that it's just all about what you're exposed to. And it's subtle mm -hmm. messages. We never said that, you know, only women can be doctors or he made a point of, hey, look at this great woman who's a doctor. Yeah. But it was just subtly, they just got the message that women are doctors. And, yeah. um, and so it's all that, those, those little messages. And again, you know, I, I'm, I'm just all about balance. Yes. People can gravitate to what they want. As I said, I've got one daughter who's got you know a, a lot of pink stuff in her room and one daughter who's got a lot of turquoise stuff in her room and that's great. I just, I, I want kids to have balance and let's just not keep shoving the same messages down our daughter's throats that 
it's got to be pink and you got to be a princess and all those other things. Yes, absolutely. Um, now I want to talk, obviously, so you had the first book that came out, uh, The Startup Squad. The second one was Face the Music. Third one uh, just was announced. It comes out in 2021. Um, can you just kind of maybe give a little bit of an overview of each one to kind of introduce listeners to, I mean, obviously we talked about the first one, but the second one and the third one. Certainly. Yeah. So, um, a la the babysitters club, if you think of the babysitters club, it was, they were each about always the four girls, but you know, in one book it was Christy was the star and the next book, you know, they just keep rotating the protagonist. And so similarly we do the same thing. And so in the second book, um, our protagonist, uh, second book, face the music, our protagonist is Harriet, who is, uh, who's a nut. Um, she's, uh, definitely crazy. She has, uh, three older brothers and they're in a rock band called the radical skinks. <laughs> and all their fans have like blue tongues and blue hair and in honor of the blue tongue skink. And so in the second book, the girls are running a um, basically takeover merchandising for the band. And so they start selling t-shirts and buttons to help the band raise money for their instruments and to join a battle of the bands and those sorts of things. And in that book, we focus, the lessons we talk about are negotiation, customer service, and uh, pricing and the difference between revenue and profit. And we do it all in a kid way. So like for negotiation, the way we introduce it is we say, hey, you know how sometimes you want to stay up till nine o'clock and your parents say, well, you have to go to bed at eight and you decide, you agree to be 8.30? That's the negotiation. And we, you know, that, so we, everything we do also, we, um, you know, I come up with the original lessons based upon my knowledge, but I get it vetted by experts in the field um, or children entrepreneurship experts. So we've had in the first book, we had the heads of the entrepreneurship departments at each of the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business and the Graduate School of Business at Stanford University look at the tips. In the second book um, for negotiation, we had a professor of negotiation from Columbia University look at it. Um, we, for the pricing, we had the woman who was the CFO of Coca-Cola give us her thoughts. And so we worked through all of that. And then the third book is going to be called Party Problems. And um, the star of the show is Dee Dee, and Dee Dee is very artistic. And so she starts by um, getting a job doing calligraphy, uh, wedding invitations for, for someone that's getting married. And it turns out uh, the party planner gets sick. And so the startup squad girls have to take over running, planning this wedding for this couple. And so that's the, the, the plot of book three. And in book three, we really talk about trying to find a business that you're passionate about. Mm. Um, specifically in the first book, we didn't want to get too complicated. We wanted to just inspire kids to go open up a lemonade stand and do something that's easy. We didn't want a kid to get inspired and say, oh, that's great. What business should I start? Mm. Just go out and do it. And so now when we get to book three, each book tends to build a little on each other. And now in book three, we're saying, okay, now that you want to start a business, what's the, what are you passionate about? Because if mm. you start a business that you're passionate about, going to be a lot more fun and you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to do a lot better. And so that's how we, we start to get into what we get into in book three. That's so cool. That is so, so cool. I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. Um, these are some books that I mean, I'm genuinely enjoying and, and excited about reading with my, with my kids. And yeah, after suffering through, sorry, if you're listening and you're the author of all of the million rainbow fairy books, but um, I, I can't handle them anymore. Uh, I've read so many of them and everyone yeah. is exactly the same to me. Um, mm -hmm. just, my daughter loves them. She loves them as a 35 year old woman. I'm yeah, I've, I've been there, done that. Um, yes. so anyway, so yeah, so I'm really excited about these. And, and I just think that again, it's creating a, a conversation that's 
that's just really empowering. And um, yeah, so I mean, thank you for doing this and for kind of being curious and pivoting in such a unique way. And um, you're an awesome dad. I don't know if your kids tell you that, but I can tell you're an awesome dad. Thank so. you for that. <laughs> always, nice to, always nice to hear that little validation other than on Father's Day. Yeah, I know, right? I write. <laughs> um, okay, well, so for the for people listening, obviously I'm going to have all of the links to the Startup Squad in the show notes. Um, you can buy the books, you know, on Amazon and, you know, Target and all those kind of places. So go buy the books, um, give them as gifts. What an awesome gift. I love to give books as gifts to kids. They probably roll their eyes when I'm a former English teacher. So of course I'm going to give books oh, as great. gifts. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Brian, uh, before yes. we go, this is my time to just kind of ask a couple fun, lighthearted, get to know you questions. And it's my listener's favorite part of the show. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. So are you ready for the get to know you round? I'm a little nervous. Oh, I'm don't starting be to nervous. sweat. Don't be nervous. Don't right. be nervous. It's not, they're not, they're not uh, hard hitting right. questions. I, right, I promise. So for example, if you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's very funny because we, my kids always ask, would you rather have one food for the rest of your life or never have that food again? <laughs> um, what's the one food I would have for the rest of my life? Well, if I have to have it for the rest of my life, I'm going to cheat a little. I'm going to say some kind of chicken dish because I can modify it so many different ways that it'll be different every time. I respect cheat, that. Cheating a little bit, but yeah. No, I respect that. Chicken. Chicken every night. I, do, yeah. I also love chicken. Uh -huh. So, well, like, so yeah. many different ways to prepare it. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? <sighs> growing up. Let's see. I'm thinking of the Saturday night. Uh, well, actually, I think it's going to have to be Happy Days. Yeah. 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 I, was like, I was thinking of like the back to back. It was Happy Days into Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> and then on Saturday nights, it was a Love Boat into Fantasy Island. Love it. Although Fantasy Island got a little creepy sometimes. <laughs> so, but I think, yeah, I would say Happy Days as a, as a young kid. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Day. And <laughs> by the way, for those of you that don't know, the Fonz, Henry Winkler, yeah. is a very successful children's book author. I did not know that. He did. It's a really fascinating story. He had a, uh, he was dyslexic as a kid. And so wow. had a lot of trouble reading and did not apply himself in school. And, um, but obviously had a very successful career. And um, he paired up with a woman who is a very successful children's book author as well. And they've had a couple of, one of them's called, I think, Hank Zipfer. And what's really cool about it is the books that they write, they specifically use a typeface that makes it easier to read for kids with dyslexia. That's so cool. So if you search on Henry Winkler, you'll see that he's got, I think, two or three very successful children's book series, and all of them come with are written in this font that's uh, that's good for dys dyslexic kids. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. My favorite, my personal favorite little thing about Henry Winkler was when he was on Arrested Development, as the show Arrested Development. If anyone, any Arrested Development fans, it's like one of my favorite shows of all time. And there's an episode in the third season when he like physically jumps over a shark and it's just the best, it's <laughs> yeah. the best thing ever. So anyway, I love Henry Winkler. If you don't watch Happy Days or Arrested Development, then you won't understand that joke, but it's just, it's the best. Um, okay. So question number, uh, I think three, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you were a professional athlete what would your walk-up song be? So if like you're a baseball player, you're heading up to the plate, 
that song's playing, hyping you up. What is it? Well, I'm going to go for the intimidation factor as well. <laughs> and I think I'm going to have to go with Bad to the Bone. I like it. I, I certainly like wouldn't it. say it's my favorite song, <laughs> but it's the first thing that came to mind of like, you know, something if I'm strutting up to bat or strutting onto the court. Get a little intimidation factor. Nah, nah, I like nah, it. Nah, nah. No, bad to the, the bone. bone. Yeah, nah, I like nah, it. Nah, nah. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> That's bad. perfect. Yeah, because yeah, it would make you feel like, oh, yeah. Right. Everybody, everybody should be afraid of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit this out of the park. Uh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Is there a dream that you have yet to achieve? You've achieved a lot in your life so far. Is there something that you have always kind of dreamed about that you've yet to achieve? Wow, that's a good question. Something that I've always dreamed about that I've yet to achieve. You know, it's interesting. I, I certainly didn't think this is what I would be doing, but I find it hard to believe there's anything professionally I could do that would be more rewarding than what I'm doing now. Mm. I guess the one thing is, um, and especially now as we talk and are uh, having just ha having experienced everything we had in 2020, I've always loved to travel. Yeah. And I think the pandemic and being sort of stuck at home has made me miss that more and more. And so I would say the dream of um the the dream is just to cross off some things off the bucket list and yeah. go visit some places that I haven't seen yet and experience different cultures and, and things. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I also am missing travel very, very much. So that's a that's a great one. Um, okay. And then my last question is the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? I would look at it two ways. I think, what does it uh, mean personally to be a business with purpose? And I think simply, if you're running a business with purpose, you're probably jumping out of bed a little bit quicker in the morning. Mm. And you're excited to get to work and you're excited to, you know, check that, that first email or have that first meeting and see what's going on. You've got that internal drive. It's not just a job to you. It's something that you feel that, that strongly and that passionate about. And it sort of drives itself. I would say that in, intrinsically is one way to look at it. And the other one for me would be um, a business with purpose to the external world is just that you're, you're giving back more, more to the world than you're taking in. I, I think that's a, another way to to look at it that you're you're creating value and you're giving people either hope or something that that helps their lives and enriches their lives and you're not necessarily doing it more for other people but they're they're feeling it uh, as much as as you are the benefit of of what your your new your life mission is. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I love that, Brian. Uh, Brian, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've just really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to chat with me this morning. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm happy to do it. And um, thanks for all that you're doing to, to help spread the word about businesses with purpose and, um, and, and some of these great stories about fantastic entrepreneurs and role models. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for incredible interviews with different entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're one of my regulars, Thank you so much for your support week in and week out. 
be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or basically wherever you get your podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button. Clicking that button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Now, thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>